Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of the Fourth Man Podcast. Thank you again for everyone who's tuning in. And we got another great episode for you as we have now crowned a similar Big Three champion trilogy. Just capped off another successful season, going back to back, repeating as champions and winning their third title in five years. So we're going to get into and recap the Power Trilogy Championship game. I was going to just want to talk a little bit about my in-person experience at the championship game and kind of a historic day in Atlanta. And then ultimately, we'll talk about the offseason as well and what to expect. Really, I'm just going to keep it real, keep it 100 as best I possibly can on some things I've heard throughout the season and kind of my overall opinions and thoughts on someone who's like covering this league uh tentatively as, as I possibly can on on what to really expect potentially coming in 2023 as we head into another long off season. So before we get into all that, again, make sure you're following the show on social media at fourth man pod, 4th man pod. You can also watch the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash fourth man pod. Did not come through with any videos yet again. One day I will work up the courage. I don't know if it's just one of those things where I'm a little scared about the product I'm going to put about put out or it's more so I'm just hard on myself on the content I'm putting together and not thinking it's very good. So ultimately, I just don't release it. But one day I will do it, guys. I promise. Stick with me. I promise. Video formatted content will come at some point in the future. Uh, also, to everyone tuning in on Dash Radio. And the Nothing But Net channel on either Saturday or Monday. Appreciate you guys as always. Uh, there's a lot of hoop lovers on the Nothing But Net channel radio. So appreciate Dash for giving us a platform. Appreciate everyone who's tuning in that just loves hoops, whether it's NBA or any of these other leagues out here. So first, let me just describe the atmosphere in Atlanta. So since 2019, I've at least gone to one game every year. So I, I mean, I, I live in Florida here. So we do have a couple of big cities that they could potentially come to. Obviously, they just came to Tampa for the playoffs. The big three is what I'm talking about. Today. But it's not one of those things where I've always lived in the city that they always come to. Like in 2019, I did live in Atlanta. So that was nice. But like, you know, over the past couple of years, things have been in a similar venues throughout the entirety of the season, whether it's in Vegas or in Dallas. So First off, it was just good to be back at a game again in Atlanta. My second time being at a big three event in Atlanta, and it was just as dope. This time, I just went as a spectator. Where in years past, I usually try to get some kind of media pass or try to get some kind of access. And I think I definitely could have done that for this championship game. But I think ultimately, one, I wanted to bring more people along, introduce more people to the league, and not only the league, but the event experience itself. So went as a spectator this time around still cool saw a couple people that i've had on the show and have 
talked to in the past, whether it be over social media or in person at games. That was cool. But the experience itself was pretty dope. Like, first off, you know, they were sold out in the, the number of seats they had. Like, in terms of capacity, they were sold out. So that was a good sign for the league. And they also had three different games on this day. So had some pretty decent seats. We got there about two in State Farm Arena, or we got there probably about like 1.30 leading up to it. Some decent seats. Got to see some shoot around from about two to three. We got to see the celebrity game. We saw Gronk. We saw Nelly. Gilly and Wallow. Gilly was going crazy. We saw Nelly Choppa going crazy uh, on the court and got to see him perform live. Then we had like a, a weird long, long one hour break between like three and four. It wasn't even, I don't even know what was going on. I don't know because, you know, the celebrity game, they were taping that to air this upcoming week tomorrow or yeah, tomorrow they were, air, they're going to air the celebrity game. So I don't know if it was like something to do with production and that's why it was taking so long, but an hour went by and we were just kind of sitting in our seats like what's going on. And then ultimately they got to the all-star game where all the players, I mean, that was on TV, but all the players were, you know, their own jerseys. I think Team I said every team or every player on that team had like the white version of their their team's jersey. And then on the other side, they had the colored version of their team's jersey. So we saw the All-Star game. I think that'd be cool in the future if we saw like, you know, All-Star jerseys like we've seen in the NBA. But I, I know this is the first All-Star game. So kind of working out those kinks a little bit, figuring out what works. And then also ultimately had the championship game. So all in all, just the experience itself was really cool. Uh, I mean, three games to one for, I think we all paid like $25 each with a little bit of taxes included within there. Not too shabby for three games. We got three performances from NLE Choppa, Young Dro, and BOV pulled up. Pretty cool. We saw two chains there. So like a lot of star power. At the games, like I, we even had some people in attendance with me, like weren't really crazy about basketball necessarily, but they thought the experience was dope of like based off the people they got to see. Like she was a big Bachelor fan, so maybe not such a fan of Matt James, but it was kind of surreal just to see people like that, right? Um, you know, have people with me that like football. We got to see Gronk, we got to see Vernon Davis, so like a lot of star power in the midst, but also like got to see some games in between. The celebrity game was actually not not bad like it was pretty crazy to see that we we saw it before it aired but like the game itself was pretty good it took a while for them to get some scoring going but like uh, i don't know how many people within the community have seen it but like Bala's life has posted this and the, maybe slam has also posted some videos about it but but gilly and and ellie choppa were going nuts like they were having like just a little one-on-one -on -one battle we saw a bring the fire that gronk won i mean so really cool um just kind of being there in person and being able to see all that unfold. And then the all-star game, like definitely saw some all-star moments and we saw team doc. Yeah. Team doc win it all. Yeah. Team doc win it all. And then I'll do the championship game, but you know, I'm just kind of rambling at this point. I just want to say like, I really enjoyed the experience. Um, I always do. Every time I go to the events, like the people there within the league are really cool in terms of the players and most of the personnel are pretty cool uh, about just being able to talk to, saying what's up, uh, taking pictures for fans, signing autographs, whatever the case may be. It's just really like a big community uh, where, you know, I feel like most people there are pretty humble in the sense like that they're, they're not going to like feel 
or they're not going to make people feel inferior or you can't really talk to them. It's just a big community where everyone can get together and, and chat, uh, you know, meet up, reconnect, and then watch all these games and different performances going on at the highest level. So I don't know. It's just like, would I say it had championship field vibes within the, maybe to an extent, I, I feel like there's times where it, it felt like just, um, another event but also too it felt champ like had that championship like pedigree or worthiness in the sense of like the stars they have the type of games they were having for the first time ever and then ultimately like with the confetti falling like that made it feel like that um so it definitely had a little bit of that championship feel within it and maybe sometimes it did it but i think at the same time they put on a a great event for you know, a limited price tag. And there was a lot unpacked within like the three or four hours that you're there. So State Farm, I think is a good venue. I think one that they should look into like maybe like being out a little bit more. I think there's a lot of big three fans, Ice Cube fans out there. I think there's a lot of different performers or like artists that you can, that Cube probably knows and connect with that probably live in Atlanta that you can probably bring to big three games. So I think Big three in Atlanta is a good match within there. Um, but the event itself was awesome. You know, the funny story is the last time I went, and maybe I told this on the last episode, but the last time I went, it was actually the game where Big Baby got upset with a technical call and was ultimately ended up being ejected from the game. It started like taking off his jersey, taking off his shorts, throwing into the crowd, going into the crowd and just getting acknowledged and cheered on for like his performance. Saw two dudes. Still would never get over it. Two dudes wrestling over big baby sweaty ass shorts. And yeah, that will always be a highlight when I go to when I think about the big three and the events I've been to. But like Atlanta's been pretty highlight worthy. We got that the first time we went to the the big three games in Atlanta. And then this time around we get the championship, the first ever all-star game, the first ever celebrity game. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe it's just me going to the Atlanta games that, and the experience I've had that makes me think like, yeah, they're a match made in heaven. Um, ultimately, it seems like it from other perspectives as well. But you know, uh, I'm just one person commenting on that. So overall, experience was super dope. In terms of the actual game that mattered the most, the championship game, we had power and we had trilogy, and it was cool because like. I think in, well, maybe not in recent past, but at least as early as last year, the championship consisted of two teams that had faced each other earlier in the season. This time around, like the trilogy and power hadn't played each other. So it was cool to see like how those two, you know, one team is con completely reconstructed outside of like maybe one player or two players. And then the other team is just like, was just touched on a little bit, but just cool to see how the, the, two different versions of power and trilogy uh compete against each other and like ultimately how they would how they would play against one another and it was a really good game i think for a majority of it i think when we got to like that i would say like the, the is that really considered the home stretch maybe like three-fourths of the way through the game like that third quarter area where it's like 33 to like 35 that kind of area I think that's where Trilogy was really able to assert their dominance and Power was no longer able to keep up with the, the scoring prowess of 
what Trilogy was able to bring, whether it's Earl Clark and Isaiah Briscoe or just the the size of Trilogy with Earl Clark being, you know, still a bigger guy and Amir Johnson um, grabbing a lot of boards. He's been on fire. I just posted that on my Instagram, but he's been on fire the, the second half of the season. And I think that continued in this game. I think he made a, a lot of winning plays to help Trilogy get there. And ultimately, it resulted in Trilogy winning 51-35. to 35. Yes, that was, that's pretty nuts considering the fact that the game was extremely close. You know, there was, a, there was a, like I said, a lot of back and forth at the beginning. Um, Isaiah Briscoe came out and made his presence felt. But I think Glenn Rice Jr. did a good job of matching that, um, the, you know, that presence ultimately. It was able to kind of go at him one for one. There was a point in time where I really thought power was about to take over throughout the game. They went up 21 to 19 after TJ Klein got a steal and actually laid it up. But then Troji finished out the half and then like right out right after the half and the performance from NLE Chopper, like Troji just got going and power couldn't keep up ultimately. Like I like I mentioned, like I think it was 28-21, and then power, you know, was able to inch her way back. And the trilogy, you know, spread the lead a little bit further, and then power kind of inch her way back. And then ultimately, like once Choji did it again, I Power just didn't have the resources to be able to do it. Like Glenn Rice had a really good game, 23 points, 12 rebounds, hit some big shots. I will say that I feel like some of the calls made, and this has been kind of the theme all season, but some of the calls made uh, felt like favored Trilogy at times. But then again, like there's been moments where I feel like they haven't been favored at all. That's just kind of been the way the refs been going at it. Ultimately, they let them compete, play pretty hard. I just think there was a couple fouls that maybe Glenn Rice Jr. should have gotten. But do I think that would have made an ultimate difference on the result? No, I think the better team did win, which was Trilogy. And I think it really just came down to not necessarily Glenn Rice running out of steam, but the rest of power not having those shot creators, bucket getters, um, guys who can really go one-on-one and, and serve you up some points when you need outside of Glenn. Like, I think a lot of the expectation is that Katina Mobley is going to be healthy, uh, healthier this season, which I know he's been kind of injured in the past. He's older. Like, it's expected to happen. But I think there was some hope or thoughts that Katino could provide that extra scoring, um, whether it just be kind of a catch and shoot moment or be able to, to get his own shots at certain times within the, within the perimeter. And just felt like Katino Mobley couldn't necessarily do that. He did score a couple of points, but didn't really like play a ton throughout the season. I don't know if it's necessarily healthy. Again, he's getting older. He's probably 46, 45. I'll back my check myself right now 46 years old about to go on 47 so you only ask so much for him it's kind of like Mahmoud in that sense but he provides a different kind of of you know value with some of the intangibles he brings but when it came to on the court I just felt like power needed another guy to be able to score buckets TJ Klein and Royce White are guys that like fill a certain types of role and are great glue guys to have but I think they could have just used one more person uh, I don't know if it necessarily needed to be a big or a scoring guard. We always talk about in March Madness how guards matter so much in the postseason. And I just felt like Power just needed that extra guy and and didn't have it. Whereas Trilogy has Isaiah Briscoe working the first half and then Earl Clark able to close it out in the second half. So um, I think that was the biggest difference. You know, Trilogy had outscored Power in the second half 26 to 14. Earl Clark 
did get championship MVP, finishing with 22 points, eight rebounds, and four blocks. Isaiah Briscoe had 21 points, six rebounds in the game winner. And Trilogy is, I think at this point, a dynasty, right? Three titles in the first five years. And it hasn't, they've done it with two different coaches, uh, abundance of different players, but it's it's pretty wild to think that, you know, if we go back to it, like during the first year after they went 10-0 and and won it all, it wouldn't really be that crazy. Like if you were to say at that time, hey, Trilogy is going to win three out of the next five, like four titles that are around, it probably are two out of the next four titles coming up. You probably are looking at the community, probably looking at that team and thinking like, that's not that crazy. They just dominated the league. But after everything that's happened in terms of guys are different star power players that have been brought in and rule changes and just like the the league itself, just being more competitive, upgrading, being more innovative, you know, just just being a better, better league ultimately, like. And I think with all of that and then how Trilogy seasons went after season one, like, I I think it's pretty crazy to think that, you know, ultimately those two seasons were kind of like rebuilding seasons in the sense, ultimately to be able to get to 21 and 22 with win and all. Like, I don't know. It, I. I think what I'm trying to say is just like that first season, you could definitely could have believed it the second and third season. You're probably thinking, oh, that was just a fluke. That was had more to do with like where the league was at, at, at in 2017. But no, ultimately it was just kind of the formation of rosters. And, and in a sense, it's almost like Trilogy was like slow to the slow to the party in the sense of like, Okay, after season one, there was a lot of changes and improvements on the league and, and different roster construction and, and teams are better. And it's almost like Trilogy was kind of late to the party in the sense of like, oh, like we can't play like we did in 2017 um, or have that style anymore. And it took them until 2021 to like really realize um, who they needed at the helm running the team and like what they needed in order to like kind of win those two games, uh, win those two seasons. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of a reach at the same time. Like if you think about Trilogy's team last year, they added Steven Jackson as a coach, someone who's had a lot of success in the big three. They added Jared Jack uh, for one season to help them win it all. The next season they had Earl Clark, who's the number two pick in 2021. In the midst of all this, like your foundation has been like James White, Amir Johnson, Isaiah Briscoe over the past two seasons. And we understand the contributions they've been able to make to the team. So, like, maybe it's just simple as, like, roster construction was better. Uh, you know, Rick Mahorn was on the 2018 team that did make the playoffs. And then 2019, you had Kenyon Martin, who was the coach there for one season. And they were kind of, like, in the middle of the pack. So, maybe it's all about, like, roster construction at the same time. Like, I think that's what it all, uh, all boils down to. But I think, ultimately, like, 2022, the reason they were able to repeat is they had that foundation of Briscoe, Johnson, and James White, and Earl Clark and Jared Jack essentially became like interchangeable pieces. They had different games and they kind of provide different things, but the impact they left on Trilogy, which we saw Jared Jack do in 2021, Earl Clark do in 2022, um, 
definitely seemed like it was interchangeable and they added the right guy. And I, I think ultimately, uh, if you kind of look back at it, like the biggest, the biggest move that Trilogy made or the biggest like moment Trilogy season was really making sure that they signed on the right co-captain at the time when Jared Jack did say he wasn't coming back. And looks like they did that in Earl Clark. And ultimately that's, that's why they're champions at this point um winning 51 to 35 and their third title in five years and and wow just just what a run it's been for trilogy what a run it's been for like um just not only that foundation but also to like steven jackson a guy who inches away from winning as a player in the big three and then ultimately turns into a coach and i mean we knew that knew he was smart and we knew he knew what he was doing he's been playing he played in the league for a long time won a ring you know been playing basketball his whole life been a top player um, within basketball when he's playing. So it's it's no surprise that he's done a good job as a coach as well, um, but still deserves a lot of like massive shout outs and congratulations because it's, it's, it's not easy to do as easy as he made it do, you know, like I definitely don't think it's as easy to do as, um, you know, he made it seem, but wow. Like I, I just, you know, Trilogy is going to be able to run their team back. Uh, Power can actually do the same. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they, like, for Trilogy, like, I think they'll they'll definitely run that team back. I don't know if they'll make any changes. Like, last year, they had a couple with Jared Jack leaving. But I think they'll run that team back. If you look at the other side and Power, who had a chance to win their second title in five years, um, winning their first one since 2018. That would have been huge for the franchise. But now, like, it, don't get me wrong, it was big for Power and Nancy and Catino to be able to get back to the championship game. Like, they had a, a really good season. They really turned it on in the second half. Glenn Rice was rookie of the year for a reason. Like, he really carried this team. But it makes you question next year and in the future, like, what do you – what's really, like, the plan? Like, what do you do – um, in terms of your roster and like how to get back to that championship game. So like essentially what I'm thinking is like one, is Katino Mobley coming back or not? Because if Katino Mobley's coming back, I think there's some a little bit of roster reconstruction you need to do. I don't know if I necessarily like no offense to Skittish Feely. I think Skittish Feely had a better season one things once things like he got going, he got adjusted to the game. But I think at the same time, like again, they needed someone who can they needed some size, but they needed also someone that could get you a bucket outside of just Glenn Rice. I'm not saying that Catino can't provide that every now and then, but I think they need someone that's a little bit more reliable, maybe a little bit younger to be able to do so that can stay in game for long periods of time. If Catino doesn't come back, that leaves you in a in a bigger uh, assessment mode where you're like, okay, well now we got to bring in a new captain. Do we? Do we bring one in internally? You know, who else do we bring in on the flip side? Do we reconstruct a rock roster? Because power at this point has the ability to to drop people and picks like and add a additional draft pick, you know, in the draft based off based off what they do. You know, power has when you're the runner up in the big three, you have the ability to bring your team back completely, or just bring pieces of it back, or everybody who is a who was a draft pick you put back in the pool and you redraft or you can switch around co-captains you know you have that that ability so 
Power's got a couple of things that, and luckily for a long off season of the big three, Power's got a couple of things that they need to assess. But I think for them, like, you know, this is a team that you can never count out at the end of the day. And I think with just a couple subtle changes and if things work out the right way, health wise and like schedule wise, I think Power could definitely be back there. Um, overall, I'm thinking, man, who is going to stop this trilogy team? Like, this is a team like we knew would be good coming into the season, especially with the addition of Earl Clark, despite Jack being gone. And now they're bringing this team back again. Like, I know the, the, I have a feeling the league will continue to add some, you know, bigger named players or I guess names that people are fans, NBA fans or basketball fans. On a, on a casual basis they're more familiar with. Like, I think the big three will do that. But, like, the continuity at this point with Trilogy and, like, coming off, like, the pedigree they have with, like, two titles, like, at this point, you know, this is, this is the team to beat. Like, th these are the warriors of the big three at this point with three titles in five years. I'm not – I would not be surprised if this team got back to the championship again. In fact, like, it's so hard for me to make that claim, but uh, I, I really could see this team like heading back. Like, this is a, a tough team to stop. Um, they have one of the youngest guards in the league, not, you know, a dynamic duo. They got a big who can, you know, dominate the paint, whether it's grabbing boards or protecting it. They have uh, someone, an OG who's been there since the beginning. They have an OG, a coach, like, they have, they've, I don't know. This is like a perfectly constructed team. And I wonder if anyone can put together a roster good enough to ultimately dethrone Trilogy. It's crazy. I was doing a little bit of math the other day, and there's been 27 players and coaches who have won a big three championship. And 13 of those 27 guys were on Trilogy when they won or were a part of Trilogy when they won that championship. So they might be a part of another another team now or not in the league. Uh, I don't think anyone's won a championship with two different teams. But 13 of the 27 guys that have won a championship in the big three have been a part of Trilogy. So pretty insane statistic. They are dominating this league right now. And teams got to look at themselves in the mirror and figure out, hey, what are we going to do to knock off trilogy ultimately experience was great championship was great a little it was definitely not as good as last year's championship game where trilogy made the comeback and won but i think two good teams that went at it and ultimately trilogy was just able to carry on down the stretch and put up enough points while being able to hold power um you know really just containing like i said most of it was just being able to contain Glenn Rice Jr. I think once they did that, uh, and then, you know, the frustration from Royce White where he ultimately got a technical, like once all those things compound together, or once once all those things happen, like compound those events together, like ultimately it just, it seemed like power was out of reach by the time it was like 47 to 35. And that really just occurred because Earl Clark got shooting free throw, technical free throw, that's four extra points on top of, getting an offensive rebound or Trilogy got an offensive rebound and then kicked it out to Earl Clark for a three. Like that was like a disaster moment. And ultimately like maybe it was just that, that string of events that, that 
ultimately pushed Trilogy over the edge. But we have our champion. Uh, Trilogy is going to be holding on to that Dr. J trophy for one more offseason at least. Um, and they're, hey, they said they're coming back for you know their fourth title and they're coming back for the three P. So let's look into the let's let's talk a little bit about the offseason and and what to expect. Like I, I I mentioned at the top of the show that I was going to be candid about my expectations for season six of the big three, which would happen in 2023. And really what I expect, like, you know, it, it's great to hear that Steven Jackson wants to bring the, or, you know, the whole squad want to come back and try to get a three P and try to win their fourth title uh, in six years, essentially, and just have just a, just <laughs> like just creating an empire at this point uh, of accolades and accomplishments. But, you know, this was, you know, to be fair, like this was a pretty tumultuous season for a second straight year. Like it's been tough for the big three since COVID, just like for any other startup, whether it's a e-commerce business or some kind of brick and mortar startup sports league is in the conversation of like, the, you know, companies or businesses that have trouble since, you know, that pandemic here in 2020 um, or most of it occurred in 2020. And uh, it's been hard for the big three to bounce back. You know, we saw like a tough season last year where tough decisions were made. And I think the same thing occurred this year where, um, you know, we, we saw reports around like, capital issues and Kaepernick potentially being an investor, but then wasn't an investor. Um, and then we saw Joe Johnson and the fallout of what happened there. You know, I know on TV they mentioned that he retired, but from my estimation and then and, and what I'm hearing is that it was more of just like uncertain, uncertainty um, and unhappiness, uh, you know, during the middle of the season in, in terms of like just how things were being scheduled. And I think there was a lack of communication that ultimately Joe felt the need to step away. So, you know, as successful as the season as it as it was, um, and there was a lot of good things to come from this, like I said, first all-star game, we had teams fractionalized to where they have different owners. Um, or, you know, communities as owners, if they have the majority stake in each team and, and ultimately capped off with like, you know, finishing out the season and trilogy winning it all. But I, there's definitely some concerns like going into it. Like one thing I didn't mention outside of like the capital issues and the loss of Joe Johnson was also to the fact like how the, the end of the season and how, how it ended with essentially they said in week seven, killer threes, they clinched the playoff spot. And then ultimately in week eight, they, um, you know, they they lost a trilogy and because Aliens had the better point differential, they were in. But the whole reason Alien had, had a better point differential is because they got the bye going into week seven, all because they had beat Trilogy and Trilogy had beat Killer Threes. Um, and then they had gotten extra points for not. They got an, a free win and, and I'm pretty sure they got free points. So like uh, on top of the other two things, you're you're now talking, you're factoring in like arguably the the I don't want to say the best, but like one of the top communities that has been supportive was first on board and involved with this NFT project and with with the big three even more exclusively. Now you've upset that community. So like there's a lot of things to think about in 23. On on, on the flip side, like so let, let let's break let's not say the flip side. Let's start here. Let's break three 
break those three things down. Let's first talk about capital. I think capital is a big thing. You're talking about businesses and startups. Like we heard reports about it. It was a report last year that there were some issues. I think Shams had, had been the one to tweet about Kaepernick investing. And then uh, those reports from the camp were false. Part of those reports didn't come from Kaepernick's camp and that the reports were false. Um, and, and so it, what it seems like is like, it seems like the big three has a lot of investors, but at the same time too, like they're still trying to build this brand back up from, I don't want to say necessarily from the dead at this point, but from that COVID season where things were popping off the year before. And then ultimately, like when you don't hear about a leak for a year and the leak's not really posting, you don't really know what's going on outside of it being canceled. Like you're essentially trying to resurrect it from that point. So um, it's unfortunate that Kaepernick's not an investor, but I think at the same time, like the one thing I'll say, uh, you know, because I've covered a couple of startup leagues and when you come to like, let's, th let's think about like a football league, for instance, right? Like that's a ton of overhead, a lot more players involved with it. And, and some of these other leagues, maybe not the XFL, but like pr prior to the rock owning the XFL, the XFL and the AAF, like you have some like decently sized names and like guys that do have a good amount of money and connections, but I don't know if they're like international icons in the sense of like how much fame and prominence do they have like to make a ton of overhead or to have enough capital for a, a ton of overhead, like eight teams and, and a lot of players and coaches involved with it. Right. Like I think, that's why in the past, like those kind of leagues have failed. And I think specifically for the league I covered, I think it was, a, you know, it was a, uh, an issue of capital. But then also, like when you thought you had an investor, uh, you know, making sure you you pick the right connections and the right investors so that they don't screw you over, um, which happened in the case of the AAF. With the big three, it's it's a lot different, right? First off, you have you have more teams, but you have a lot less players. There's only five teams per player. So you have about 60 players in the league at once. Then on top of that, there's there's a few different ways that they're creating revenue, which I know, I know all leagues are, but not only do they, you know, they're they're doing uh, sponsorships and like, you know, they got games on TVs and then they got different events going on where people have to pay to potentially be a part of the league. So like, uh, but on the flip side of that, like not a lot of overhead. And then also too, you have, a guy in Ice Cube who essentially has the minus touch. Like everything he's doing has pretty much been successful and has a, probably a lot more capital than some of the guys that have been the founders of other startup leagues, right? So basically what I'm trying to get at is from a capital perspective, I think Ice Cube and even Jeff Quanitz to, to probably an extent have a few more connections, have a little bit more money in their own accounts to be able to invest in this um, for a long time until this ultimately like is more, I guess, involved within the masses conversations when it comes to like basketball. Right. Like I think, uh, I think the league continuously is getting more viewers and a more engaged audience and more people interested and attracted to the league. But I think it's like, like everything, it's going to take a little bit of time. I think the ABA lasted nine years is what I was just told. That never really caught on. I think we're in a new world or new era where, um, you know, while we're resurrecting this league, I think that's 
and, and more people like, I guess, more star players come into this league. I think it's a possibility that, you know, the, the league continues to to grow and improve and eventually will catch on. They just need a, a little bit more time and to continuously like build on the foundation they have. Right. So what I'm trying to say is like, I don't think capital is necessarily an issue. I think there's points in times for cube and maybe even Jeff Quanah, it's where they've actually reinvested their own money into the league to make it go for stints at a time. I think they're taking a lot of maybe not, favorable decisions but correct decisions as a startup um to be able to keep this league lasting like not only reinvesting but there's you know they've eliminated the bottom four teams and then this year they kind of like dropped off a few teams as they as they fell out of playoff contention so i think they're like those aren't favorable moves like without like within a league where you're trying to empower players a ton like you definitely don't want to be like hey like we're going to cut your season short and like the money you thought you were going to make you're not going to make as much so like those are those aren't the most like those aren't moves to keep people happy but i think they're the right right moves in terms of like where you're at as a sort of business and and the money you currently have in the bank in comparison to the like the profit that you're making and and being able to <laughs> you know ultimately make sure that the losses aren't so much to where you can keep keep the league growing until hopefully you you know you you get enough people to to really love it and catch on and and, and start making that profit right um a lot of business jargon words there and you know that's not necessarily my expertise or my forte but what i'm basically trying to say is i don't think of money is the I think it's an issue, but I don't think it's like their their downfall. Like I think it'd be other things that factored in and how that was affecting the money situation would ultimately be the reason for their downfall. Hopefully that makes sense. So like basically what I'm trying to get at is that let's say like it's like more of like a viewership issue or like something happened with the league uh like some kind of scandal or something like that i think like things like that where it's like people get disinterested which leads to disinterest leads to like people not buying things or or watching things that you're involved with and then ultimately that leads to like not making money and that would be the downfall that's essentially why i'm saying like money's not the biggest factor or capital's not the biggest factor um but that kind of contradicts you know what i'm trying to get at in the sense of like much Money is definitely the biggest factor, but I think there's like different effects of how there's different factors that's going to affect the actual money situation um, to, to, to the point like where they're not going to have enough capital. So it is the biggest factor and it isn't the biggest factor is ultimately what, what I'm trying to get at. I think a lot of it will come down to like one, uh, moving on to our next point, being the loss of Joe Johnson, the face of the league, the two-time MVP. How much is that affecting the league? I mean, throughout YouTube comments and and social media, all we see is like, what happened to Joe? Where's Joe? I've even seen comments saying like, I'm not watching anymore if Joe Johnson's not playing. Like you lost a guy who was bringing in a ton of fans and viewers and interested parties. And, you know, I think 
like talking about Joe Johnson, we don't know the whole story. They said he retired. That's definitely not the case. Joe's playing in, in pro-am leagues and, you know, he's opened up his own yoga studio. He's in, in immense shape. Like, so I definitely don't think it was a sense of retirement. He, I think he walked away from the league and I heard reports like uh, travel schedule and itinerary were not communicated well and some things were last minute. And I think there's more that factors into it. I think I've talked about this a couple of times, but ultimately I think where he was at winning a championship, winning a couple MVPs and the success he's had, he probably said, well, this isn't really worth it to me. I've already done everything in this league. I love this league, but I don't love the, you know, other factors involved with this league. So I'm stepping away. Um, you know, for me, it's a matter of like how many viewers were tuned in or how many people were tuned in because of Joe Johnson and how many are, or are you able to retain even with the loss of Joe Johnson? Like, I think one of the biggest goals I would have as a league is to figure out how in the world we can rekindle this relationship with our, our star player. At the same time, I've also heard about other people within the league not necessarily happy and potentially we could see the end of their big three uh, tenure within the league, you know. Uh, it was good to hear Trilogy was coming back. I had heard rumors about Stack. I had heard rumors about uh, Gary Payton, who was already already had to switch teams, missed the playoffs for the first time. And then other things are going well. I heard this could potentially be GPs last season. So it's like, are you able to rekindle some of those relationships with some people that are upset? Um, because ultimately – if you think about guys like Steven Jackson, Joe Johnson, Gary Payton, let's just say, you know, those are guys that are attracting people um, based off their play, based off the entertainment value, the comedic aspect they bring um, with a lot of those, like with a couple of those guys being big trash talkers. Like I think rekindling relationships is going to be very important to the success of the league uh, alongside building new relationships uh within the league as well and and i think it segues into the next point is like did you upset arguably the biggest supportive community in the big three the killer three side with the d gods like i think uh just to segue off that like not only are you rekindling relationships with players or you're making that a goal but i think the other goal should be like hey we need to make sure that our relationships with our different groups that are supporting us and have invested in these teams are happy as well, like, and we just need to communicate better. So I think a lot of it just comes down to communication. Those are some things I'm definitely thinking about next offseason, like coming into the offseason. I think I'm also thinking about like who stays and who leaves this year. You know, um, I know I touched on a few guys, but like also two other guys that are getting up there in age that maybe no longer want to play anymore. Um, other guys like let's say for a team like enemies who, you know, I guess enemies, enemies or ball hogs or bivlab, like guys like that who have been on the ends of like losing teams have had their seasons cut short multiple times. Like, are they want to, they going to continue to want to come back and try to make the team successful uh, or, and, and with the possibility that like if their team's not successful, the season's going to be cut short for them. Like, I don't know if everyone's crazy about that idea, especially when summer, like, and a lot of those guys are, a lot of the guys in the league are overseas players. Like, during the summer, the 
Sometimes they're they're off season, like they're break, like are they going to want to continue to do that? Well, the star players that you brought in for this season, are you able to retain them? You know, Michael Beasley's, the Gerald Greens, the Jason Richardson. Like, are we going to be able to re retain those guys in this league and continue to grow on that aspect? Because you already lost Joe, and you know you've lost and, and star players like the turnover rate within this league. Like it. It's just part. It's just the nature of the beast. A lot of the guys that have that star power are a little bit older, so that that happens. But like, are you going to retain enough of those guys to be able to build on the foundation of the league? Like, Michael Beasley's a gem. I don't care. Uh, I don't care. You know <laughs> what's going on in terms of like how he shows up to the game or how he walks out of the tunnel, things like that. Like, he's engaged when he's playing and he's entertaining to watch. Like, you need to be able to hang on to him. Make sure that relationship is is per perfect right and i think same with gerald green like i think gerald green like had a lot of fun playing in this league i think he had a really great season but like make sure you like hold on to that guy like he is potentially the next like face of your league if it's not michael beasley so i don't know those are some things i think about i think like teams teams will change like i think about guys like deshaun stevens like he was a perfect fit for aliens but I think he's going to be a coveted player if he decides to come back. Um, trying to think, like, I don't know. There's just there's just teams that will definitely be reconstructed, and I think it's it's at this point it's like expect the unexpected. Like, are we going to get all the captains to come back? Like, I I don't know. Like that, I thought like for instance, going back to enemies, I thought Perry Jones would come back. He's been in the league for a few years. He had to play a season overseas that was a little bit extended, so I guess he didn't get that chance. You know, we'll see Reggie Evans come back for three at Monsters. What does that mean for them? Like, who are they going to draft outside their team? Is Kevin Murphy available? Um, or do they make him a co-captain for someone like Mahmoud, who maybe hangs it up? Does Richard Lewis hang it up? So, like, you know, those are some some questions I I definitely have. I think a lot of it is just making sure us as a community isn't too naive to like what's going on from a business operation perspective and, and, you know, make it like, you know, hoping everything's good and that the league will come back even better next summer. You know, for me, I'm pretty optimistic. Like I said, uh, I think there's a great founder in ice cube, you know, two great co-founders, uh, but a great founder in ice cube that really cares about this, that wants to be successful at everything he puts his, his mind to, you know, uh, just I think the idea of like having a project and like making it the best can be, I, I feel like that's the type of guy Ice Cube is. And you can definitely tell he's poured a lot into this, into this league and is continuing to do so to make sure it's a, it's a great product and more people are aware of it and, and, and ultimately show like how enjoyable it can be. And I think he's going to continue to do that. And that's why I have a lot of belief that the league will continue and, be back for an even better season six. You know, it's just making sure within the midst of some of these things that things are improving. Like we definitely don't want teams to be cut. We want schedules to be set and permanently set, right? We don't want there to be changes uh, based off how like the season's going, you know, or like teams getting buys within like the regular season for another week. Like we just, you know, you just want to make sure things are improving. And so I think I'm, um, looking at player movement throughout the offseason, but also just to just thinking about like, or like seeing how the league's moving throughout the offseason as well. I think so, those are some things to kind of look into and, and 
highlight. But overall, while there was some, it was like bumpy at points in the road, I think it was a good season. Like, again, brought in a lot of guys. I think it was the most competitive season that we've ever seen. And I think that showed throughout the year uh, with a lot of close games, with a lot of teams beating teams that we didn't expect. Um, the star power we had. And ultimately, again, if you getting through a season and declaring a champion should always be considered a successful season, especially if you've watched a lot of these like startup leagues that haven't necessarily always had that chance to like determine at least one champion or or have a full a full season. You know, some of these seasons are cut short. So yeah. Um it should be an interesting offseason. I'm sad to see it, you know, the season come to an end because the season was so good. Like the games are so competitive this year and just good, just good play. Um, but sad to see it like coming to an end. I'm always sad to see it, but at the same time, like I'm always excited for next summer and who could potentially join and how the league changes. Are are there gonna be any rules that are implemented or switched up a little bit like all that stuff i'm really excited for oh and one thing i should say about next season i'm interested interested to see what they do um, about referees as well i know a player a lot of players i've mentioned that's been something they gripe about it, like refs and the basketballs are two things i've heard players gripe about a lot um certain calls which this is a more physical league but certain calls that need to be made and then on the basketball side and the actual ball itself, there's apparently it's like gets really wet and slippery easily and it's like hard to handle and grip. So I wonder if they just go to like manufacturing a different type of basketball or regular basketball with like the big three logo back on the ball. I don't know. Maybe they'll keep the same balls and just say, hey, get used to this league we play in. Those are two things I'm curious about as well. But season is coming to an end. The hope, the hope is, and like, and just uh, laid out for people that are new to the show. Usually how the offseason goes is I'll probably record over the next couple of weeks a few times. The hope is that I have a champion or big three champion from this year's trilogy team on the show within the next couple of weeks and talk about, you know, their experience and ultimately winning a championship. But probably like starting in middle of September or even like early October, I'll start probably going on like I do every year. I usually have one show per month leading up to probably like the around March when the season starts to like kind of turn up again and like announcements are being made. But during that time, like the idea for the show is to figure out, hey, do we want to try to bring on a co-host? If someone in the community loves the big three as much as me and would love to talk big three every week throughout the season, you know, a co-host is something I'm considering. Uh, what type of content do we want to bring this summer, like, or bring this off season into next year? Like, do we should we try to do things with more players? Um, should we try to do more video content that I've been talking about time and time again? I would love some suggestions on some things, but there's going to be a lot of thought into the type of content we're bringing in, ultimately heading into next year. I want to really continue to to expand and grow on this, you know, this podcast and this brand and. Um, suggestions are appreciated, but don't get me wrong. I'll be doing a lot of thinking um, and brainstorming on potentially what what else could bring to this that would bring it, make it a little bit more exciting, entertaining, 
and make sure that you guys are, you know, entertained and accurately following the league based off what I'm putting out there. So those are some thoughts and kind of how we're progressing through the off season. And, you know, um, again, sad for season five to come to an end, but excited for potentially what's to come next summer. But all that being said, appreciate everyone who has stuck along up to this point on the show. I know it was a lot of me talking about the league and kind of rambling at, at times, but ultimately I think these past few episodes, I've really just been trying to be candid, just had try to have like a natural conversation around the league and some of my like, you know, just looming thoughts that I uh, that I've been thinking about, and with just looking for any kind of feedback or if there's any questions or anything, you know, please feel free to drop those into comments on social media or on YouTube, whatever the case may be. But uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. That's going to do it for the big three season. Again, the the hope is that by next week or the week after, we'll have a guest. That's a big three from the big three champion team trilogy on the show. But other than that, continue to make sure that you're following on social media at fourth man pod. We'll be regularly posting on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok throughout the off season. Like I typically try to do. Uh, you can follow the show on YouTube as well. Again, video content is something that I'm heavily considering. It's just like, what kind of content do I want to put out there uh, in terms of video formatting? Or what are some you know ideas I can put together for next year in terms of video format? So if you want to follow anything on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash fourth man pod, you can subscribe and hit the notification bell. Please, that'd be greatly appreciated. And for all of you listening on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel, again, thank you all. We appreciate you guys all throughout the big three season and the year as well. But that's going to do it for today's episode. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.